what I see myself doing in the next year is just continuing on this journey at a pace that makes sense. And if something just, you know, if I stall out a little bit, spend a little bit more time in one phase versus another, then I'm fine with that because I'm still on the journey. I'm still connected to the community. There are many people that I can reach out to. Hey there, my friend. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Mother Project podcast. And I'm truly excited to share this particular episode with you because we are blessed to be having a conversation with one of our own Fit Mother members, Sarah Rose. And one of the reasons I think this conversation stands out so particularly for me is we not only recount a wonderful woman's fitness journey through this program, you know, the journey of establishing and building more strength, of getting nutrition dialed in. We also talk about her career as a teacher of 18 years and some of the stuff that she's experienced, particularly in the last few years of the pandemic and getting a little bit of an insider's perspective on school, what kids are going through, what it's like not only to keep ourselves healthy and be a role model for our own families, but maybe even for the world and and how we can have a positive impact. And at the end of this conversation, and this is why I encourage you to stick to the end, Sarah shares some really profound stuff about self-love, grace, and there's just a lot of wisdom baked into this conversation that goes far beyond the mere confines of nutrition and exercise advice. And that's our intention here at the Fit Mother Project to make this a holistic, integrated journey for you. I think Sarah is a wonderful example of this. And I think after listening, you're going to find that too. So without further ado, let's get into today's conversation with Fit Mother, Sarah Rose. All right, Sarah, welcome officially to the Fit Mother Project podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. (laughs) This is fun. I think it's like, before we kick off into the intro of you and your background, just like the nature of the fact that we can hang out on a Friday, we're recording this across the country and you get to share your story and the fact that you found this program online, like it humbles me and I'm grateful that we can have this conversation today. Yeah, me too. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get into some background info on you. Name, age, where you're from, and anything you'd like to share about your family and what you do for work. Okay. My name is Sarah Rose, and I am from the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I actually live in Olympia, Washington. Um, I'm 46 years old and or 46 years young. (laughs) (laughs) I am a teacher, a high school teacher. I've been teaching for 18 years. So the last few years have been kind of a wild ride. (laughs) Maybe we'll get into that because that must have been crazy, like (laughs) unprecedented time for sure. And let's see, I have two beautiful children. I have a 13-year-old girl and she's wonderful. And my son, actually, his birthday is today. Really? <laughs> so yeah, he's 11 and he loves baseball. So I'm, I'm wearing baseball earrings for him. My husband uh, is the one who kind of got me into all of this. And his name is Evan and he's a fit father. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Nice. Okay. So it's interesting because you were, I may imagine, gifted this program from him being on Fit Father. What was it like 
going on in your life, like when you're gifted this program. So like you're gifted phase one of this, like, were you asking for it? Was he like, you know, what was he doing in the background ahead of time? Like set the stage for what's going on in your family by the time you receive this. And then like also getting started on it. Well, we were talking about when he originally came across it. It was a year or two ago. And I can't remember when he gifted it to me, but I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> and I I just knew that he was doing it. And he was going out into the garage and doing workouts. And he would come back really sweaty and just like, oh, that was really great. And I really like what we're doing. And, and at the time, I was really... Uh, invested in my daily yoga routine. And I think that was also at the time that I had just finished training and running a 50K uh, or I was in the middle of it. I can't remember the the timeline. Can we pause there for a second? Yes. You, you did say 50K because like, <laughs> I, I think did. most people were... And we actually were considering launching a Fit Mother program to run your first 5K. But that's like a little longer than that. It's not like a normal thing. So do a quick background on that. Like, Why do you choose to run 50K? And like, how did that start? You know, I have to honestly credit all of my activity as an adult to my husband. <laughs> my family wasn't super... When I was growing up, my parents worked a lot. And you know, we would do a like a family vacation and we might like go on quick little hikes or whatever once a year, but it was nothing crazy. But my, my husband is, he was an avid climber runner, all this stuff when he was young and he, he skied. And when I met him uh, in our early twenties, he it was for Christmas. We weren't even married yet. He bought me uh, my first pair of cross-country skis. <laughs> so that was my my uh, introduction into like, oh, okay, I guess we're we're doing this. And so when I got into running, <laughs> when I got into running, it was actually. I mean, I ran a little bit here and there, but I didn't. I you know I did track in like eighth grade, and I ran cross-country in ninth grade, and then I got into other things like theater, band, and yearbook. And then I had to choose once you get to high school. Mm -hmm. But when I had my son, actually, in 2012, I just kind of went, oh, you know what? I think it's time. I, I want to I train for a half marathon and, and run a half marathon. And that's where I started. <laughs> I started with half marathons because my husband had really demystified like the whole running scene for me. So distance-wise, he, he'd already done some of that kind of running. And so... Yeah, that's that's how I got into running was through him. And apparently half marathons snowball into 50Ks. <sighs> Eventually they do. Well, then, you know, you get connected with other runners. And so I was running with other women in our community. And I had a friend <laughs> who was like, um, I want to run this. I don't... She said she wanted to run a 25K, this 25K. And I was like, all right, well, if, if I'm doing that with you, then I want you to do this 50K with me because I was like, why not? I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I mean, I kind of did. I'd run a, a road marathon prior to that, but but yeah, no, I just sort of went for it. That's kind of what I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a good personality trait for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I get an idea in my head and I'm like, I'm all in. <laughs> Is it fair to say that even though you were training a lot, it's kind of like the runner's paradox. Like there's a lot of people who do run a lot, but still aren't necessarily happy with their body composition. Like, was that the case for you or were you happy at the time? And then kind of how has it progressed to the time that you're now on Fit Mother? For me, you know, there's been a couple of times in my life where with 
weight fluctuation, looking in the mirror and like, oh, I feel kind of frumpy. I don't really, you know, this isn't working for me. You know, in your 20s, your metabolism slows down. And I kind of went through that process like right the year before uh, my husband and I got married. Tried Weight Watchers, did that. Immediately stopped right after, you know, the wedding, that kind of thing. But I never started running for the purpose of losing weight because I kind of... I knew that kind of information. I don't know. I've like absorbed that stuff over the years. And it was really more about strength for me. Whenever I've gone into trying these different sort of activities, like, you know, in this case, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to go try this Apex, you know, back when I was gifted the the Fit Mother 30 um, X, I, it was more like, a, oh, I'm just going to give this a, a whirl and see what happens. Because for me, it's about, strength and overcoming a challenge. And I've always known that, yeah, you can't, it, you know, what you eat is primarily what determines, you know, kind of your, your body composition as you were putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now you're in phase two of FM30X. Yes. I mean, phase two, month two, is that correct? Uh, month one. <laughs> I'm in month one. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I put it off. Amy, back, I met with Amy back in August and it was right before the school year started. And so we had talked, she's like, you should just go for it. Go for phase two. And I was like, I don't know. Um, and I think I had this mentality and this is kind of how, how my personality is. I, I like, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> and so I want to get things kind of just right as far as I'm concerned before I move into the next phase. And so I waited partly because school gets crazy. September's like a marathon itself, um, if you want to go with running metaphors. And so when I kind of got through that, then, you know, October, it just sort of dragged. And my daughter, who I mentioned before, she is a dancer and I became heavily involved with her ballet company and helping uh, like one of the volunteer coordinators. And so when Nutcracker came up, I was all in on that. And so in December, I'm like, okay, January, January. And so that's, that's what I did. Started and I'm loving it. You know, I, I remember reading on the Facebook group, like women saying, I love the Belladonna workout. And I was like, yeah, it's really fun. I didn't realize at the time that it was just, it was also an apex sort of, you know, structure um, also. And then the total body burn is really fun. I just kind of that traditional. And I'm really having fun too, because I think in phase one, I was very timid. I came into this very timid because. I've had a lot of strength issues in my core. You know, I mentioned in kind of my bio to you that, you know, I have a I have a history of cancer. I'm 15 years cancer free, but I had abdominal surgery back in oh gosh, I think it was 2007, 2007. And after that, it was like, you know, everything's just mixed up down there and then I had two kids. And so, yeah. yeah, when I went into my running, you know, it was more like, oh, I'm just going to do this. But I was so focused on the getting all my runs in, the training plan for the runs. It's like you don't get that whole body strength build. And so my core was always weak. And it affects, you know, a lot of things, including speed. And so coming out of that, that that was my my goal. And one of the things that... 
I found amazing. And this is just from when I was still doing, you know, I was kind of continuing to do Apex 10. I hadn't really up to my weights. And in November, I, I don't know, people have probably, a lot of people have probably heard of the Planksgiving challenge where <laughs> you, you know, do you work up to like a three minute plank um, <laughs> over the course of the month. And I had always like had to bow out within like five days because I would like tweak something or just kind of get off. And I got to the end of it and I was like, I posted in the Facebook group. I'm like, oh my God, for the first time ever, I did, um, you know, I did the Thanksgiving challenge and I owe it all to, you know, the Fit Mother Project because I, you know, I never dreamed. I, I had spent like the last five, 10 years going, I, I just have a weak core. I don't think I'm going to be able to overcome this. Yeah. I really want to recognize you for that. And maybe I'll put some words in your mouth and it's not fully my intention, but it's just such a powerful experience when you have something on your mind and your heart for a long time, especially in the form of like a physical limitation from a surgery or an injury, or in your case, like cancer and going through that journey. And then, man, like my wife recently gave birth last year. So I got to see firsthand what happens to a woman's core through that process. And it is an amazing. And then to be on the other side of that now... Mm-hmm. And to have achieved strength and stuff that you thought were previous limitations in your mindset and your body. I don't know. For me, like it feels like a deeply fulfilling, maybe even spiritual experience to like experience some of your deep desires become true through a combination of hard work, patience, time, faith, et cetera. Yeah. Can you speak into that a little bit more, like the emotion around that? Yeah. It's been interesting because uh the sort of, you know, I've I view all of it as this big journey. I, having had cancer and surviving, and I went into both of my pregnancies with a, well, I survived cancer, so I'm going to have natural childbirth. And I did. And I was like, okay, well, uh, I survived cancer, natural childbirth, and now I'm going to run and then up the running to 50K, like we talked about. So there's like this progression. And I think through all of that, once, you know, I, you know, I waited till the end of last school year because Evan had been kind of like, here, try this, you know, with the fit mother. And I just knew I needed the headspace because, you know, I, as a teacher in the last few years, it's, it's been really hard. And so I waited and yeah, when I did the first apex, I was just, I couldn't believe it. Actually, if I think back, sometimes I forget the first apex I did. <laughs> I was like, I was, I, I was wandering around the house going, I'm, I can't feel anything. Like my body is just like, oh my God. And my brain was in this fog. And I looked at Evan and I'm like, oh, I feel like I just ran 20 miles <laughs> because that's how it felt. Like my body was so depleted from the whole experience. And I'm like, I did that in like, 60 minutes. But, you know, if I were to be running, training, and I did a 20 mile run, that would take me hours. <laughs> so it was a really interesting trade off. Yeah. But the emotional thing that came out of, has come out of the last, oh gosh, I mean, that's like eight months, I guess, has been tremendous because I'm like, oh my God, I really can do anything. And it's, it's, it's impacting every area of my life right now. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's been a really rough couple of years, 18 years of teaching. Um, and my whole uh, sort of mantra over the years has been 
the integrates integration is a big, uh, important concept for me. And so when I think about this journey with Fit Mother, I want to integrate it into my life, but I want my life to integrate into it. And that is emotional and spiritual in a lot of ways because, you know, I, I love how structured I can be because I look at the uh, training sort of like, I, I see it as a training plan. I look at your, you know, your month, you know, here's what you can do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and I think, well, I can do that because that's just, just like a running training plan. It's the same sort of thing. But I also look at that and I've seen other moms post about it in the Facebook group, uh, just questions about, can I do this? Can I do that? And to me, it's like, well, you have to make the map your own. And so that's really what I've been working on. It's like, this is my own roadmap. This is my life. Um, I want to continue doing my daily yoga. I want to continue to run. What does that look like? I was so excited when I got your New Year's email and I list, I, you know, I watched your video where you talked about all the things that you guys have planned for the next year. And I'm like, oh, there's a running plan in there. There's the yoga for fit moms. I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. Let's talk a little more about the idea and the theme of integration because. I think that is the goal of a successful fit mother transformation is that you get integrated with the mindset around health. You get integrated with the nutrition plan that works for you and your family. You get integrated with workouts that you own and you make your own as well as the knowledge surrounding that. Let's maybe zoom into like the food component because I think that's a big thing that runs a lot of households, especially when you have kids that you're feeding at home and now you have a husband who also eats a certain kind of way. How has this been an integrated journey on the nutrition side of things? It's honestly, it's been wonderful. You know, we, we've explored the perfect plate. I worked with a, a nutritionist a couple of years ago. It wasn't a great fit, but we were, you know, we had it kind of in mind. And so we knew, we knew we should be doing it. <laughs> and we haven't, you know, as busy families, it's really difficult. Like I feel like portion wise, we've, been pretty smart the last couple few years. And we don't, we've never been, you know, super junk food heavy house. You know, I I didn't grow up with sweets or anything like that. So I don't have that kind of sweet tooth. I know a lot of people have, but I have a, I have a love of like potato chips. (laughs) And, And I, you know, my husband and I, especially during, you know, the pandemic, I think a lot of people, you know, it's like, need that glass of wine or, or whatever. But I learned early on, uh, well, not early on, but several years ago, my mom passed away. And we haven't talked about low points, but the low point in my life uh, was my mom's passing. And I knew what was happening. I was very, and maybe a lot of this comes from that really kind of like this sort of realization of, okay, this is the path I want to take. My mom died when she was 66. and. I, I don't, I don't want that to happen to me. Um, and so she's, she passed five years ago. And in the last five years, you know, that, that, especially that first year I was heavy with grief. And I just, all I wanted to do was sit and stare out the window. You know, I live in the Pacific Northwest. It rains a lot. So I, <laughs> I stared at the rain a lot. I read a lot of poetry and I, at night I would, I would down half a bag of potato chips and drink wine and I got to my heaviest ever. And 
I would say that our journey to fit, I want to, I want to call it the fit family <laughs> project really came from, you know, I was like, Oh God, I got, you know, eventually I said, okay, I need to rein this in. And I tried, um, well, I, I didn't just try, like I was very successful. I used, uh, the Noom app that a lot of people have tried and I dropped a ton of weight, but it wasn't in a healthy manner. So talking about nutrition, it was like, you know, you can kind of cheat it. Anything with like that has points or calorie counting, you can kind of like still eat whatever you want, but you're not necessarily eating the right things. And so um, that's kind of what happened. And I actually, at my lowest weight, I weighed several, several pounds less than I do currently. But I see pictures of myself from that time. I was also training for the 50K and I was tired all the time. And it was just like, oh gosh, this, this, isn't, this isn't the way I want to come back. So with the nutrition, it sort of changed our whole household. Our daughter being 13, being a dancer has really... I, we can see her listening and paying attention and wanting to know, oh, you know, she just kind of does her own thing. She's very, very opinionated. Um, she'll probably listen to this and go, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But it's been great because, you know, I'm so lucky. Uh, we are so lucky that we're such a good team. My husband and I, we just fully support each other in this and before this. And so with the the perfect plate and, you know, dinner, that that's really where we needed to focus our energy is like vegetables, making sure that we've all got it. We're working with our son. He's a little picky, picky eater, but he's getting better. <laughs> but I, I would say like, you know, for me, I love the shakes. They're the, they're so easy. I was concerned in the fall because, and so if anyone who listens or watches this, it's like, oh, my gut gets off, you know, sometimes with it. And I was having that problem back in the fall. And I don't know, I, I just learned, I guess, to kind of, kind of like take a break and then come back. And I also figured out that I couldn't drink it. Like I have to get up really early or report time for school is really early. <laughs> and so I, I, now I take it and I drink it during first and second period. I have it in my, my, um, my canteen. And then lunches are usually for me, just the leftovers from whatever we had for dinner. And then I have, I'm dairy free. So I found a protein bar that works for, for me and that's my snack. And then sometimes I'll have some almonds and, and that's pretty much what I do. And then dinner, and then we've stopped eating after dinner. Like that was the word, that was probably the hard, the hardest thing. <laughs> yeah. So that and uh, well, it also helps that we're we're also going to bed when our children go to bed because our children go to bed later now because they're older and we're like, okay, we just need to go to bed because Sarah's alarm goes off at four fifty. <laughs> so you know, we're not going to bed at eleven or twelve. We're going to bed at you know ten. <laughs> I think what you said is so true. It is a privilege that you have a family that is so supportive because I think a lot of people don't necessarily have that. And at the same time, that's not to downplay any of the challenges that you have had because on paper and in actuality between cancer, raising kids, pandemic job as a teacher, plus like, oh man, all the stuff you've kind of gone through losing your mom, like there's a lot of challenges you've overcome in the process. 
So I want to ask, like, what's the trajectory do you see your family going on over the next year, five years, 10 years? Like, where do you see yourself when you envision your future as it relates to your family's health and well-being, as well as your own personal goals and aspirations? Well, I mean, I think I love the idea. And it's one thing that um, that I really appreciate about what you've done with this program is that there's no... I mean, with like a... I can liken this as much as I want to, you know, a training, a training plan, you know, training for this or whatever, but it's not, I mean, the ultimate sort of the ultimate destination is death. (laughs) And so if we're just working our best, you know, to um, better our kind of our lives and then I think that's, that's all you can do. I making conscious choices, you know, um, Mm -hmm. life is messy. I think if, if nothing yeah. else, we've all learned how precarious the hold is, you know, our control, um, everything is constantly changing and the, the, you know, the tighter we hold to it, um, the, the less likely that we're going to be able to sort of like, not just hold on to it, but just like change with it. And so... Yeah, to be resilient, to adapt. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's like the big thing that, the big takeaway, it's like, what I see myself doing in the next year is just continuing on this journey at a pace that makes sense. And if something just, you know, if I stall out a little bit, spend a little bit more time in one phase versus another, then I'm fine with that because I'm still on the journey. I'm still connected to the community. There are many people that I can reach out to. Amy is wonderful. And then I have my support system through Evan and the kids. I think for our children, it's really just about modeling. You know, they see us, I mean, they've known, we've done other stuff, right, with the with the running and things, but they see us go out into the garage and do our workouts. We don't do the gym workouts. We've just kind of got enough set up in the garage that we make that work. And I think that's, I kind of like that better though, because then they're seeing us do it. And I think knowing from my own personal experience, like growing up in the family that I grew up in and they were wonderful, but you know, the things that were modeled to me were not, you know, it was not this, it was not like, I just feel like maybe they'll come do it sooner. And I think they will because my son's super active with, he loves his, he loves baseball so much. And my daughter with her dancing and we continue to put good, quality food in front of them and, and just say, Hey, adventure bites, (laughs) you know, things like that. Um, I think that's all we can, we can do. For sure. And I mean, the modeling, right. I mean, they're, they're learning from uh, observation and soaking it all in and seeing that this is like the new norm. And you're also expressing your values through action. And then the other step to this, you know, I'm not saying you you will do this necessarily, but now that they have passions in their lives is helping teach our kids how the things that they eat help either support or detract from those passions. Like as your son starts to understand that there's certain foods that help him hit the ball more consistently, get to base faster, be stronger, you know, and like if you can tie something to someone's early core values, then it becomes like you're making these early neuro associations that are can carry on far into life. And that's, that's a powerful prospect in parenting that I think your kids have the opportunity to really receive. Yeah, I, I hope so. 
they're pretty smart. So even if they get off track somewhere like we all do, hopefully eventually they'll find their way back and be like, oh yeah, I remember about that. You know, oh yeah, my parents were right. (laughs) All right. I want to ask you some off the rails stuff. And I mean, not like fully off the rails, but like a little bit off the, the fit mother rails. And it's really your perspective of being a teacher. And like, this is my outsider's perspective. I believe like we're in a really interesting time where kids have more access to information than ever before. Yet there's probably more distraction than ever before, where we also are at a time where, you know, kids' health is not as good as it was maybe like 10, 20 years ago due to inactivity, maybe the phone stuff, maybe a lot of sugary food. Like, what do you see... And this is like asking you to fix the whole thing. But what do you see as like suggestions or insiders view on like what we can do as maybe both parents or as like the system itself to help raise a healthier, happier, more well-adjusted, confident generation of kids? Or the other perspective is like, where do we think there's pitfalls that are very obvious to you being around so many of other people's different kids and getting that perspective? That's an incredible question because it's something that I've really been thinking about. Um, When I talked about integration earlier, I wasn't just talking about my family and my own personal life. Um, One of the things that I am grappling with right now is is really just around like the the emotional and physical health of our 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 country, our our world's children. I've taught both middle and high school. I've spent most of my time in high school. What's really interesting is like, I'll ask questions like just starter questions at the beginning of the class period. Um, You know, how's your water intake? (laughs) You know, how how are you doing with your water? Like, are you drinking water? And I will say that I think that this generation is much better about drinking water than mine was. You know, I'm a Gen Xer and I remember hardly ever drinking water. I mean, I didn't drink a lot of soda, but I drank a lot of milk and I drink a lot of juice. <laughs> they do drink a lot of water. They a lot, Often they'll have water bottles with them. Um, but they, on the other hand, like you were saying, I mean, they do drink. Like I will, I feel like the, the energy drinks are not what they were about five, 10 years ago when energy drinks were like, yeah. yeah. And there's a, you know, I don't know how much the laws are different state to state, but Washington state's laws around, you know, percent of, you know, sugar, um, or maybe it's federal, (laughs) um, you know, percent of sugar in food like that they can get out of the vending machine at school has, is next to none. But I've thought a lot about this. I'm actually, I've worked in big comprehensive high school. I've worked in a larger um, middle school, but right now I'm at a pretty small school. It's still part of a public school district, but it's a choice school where we have right now, because we're growing, we opened in the pandemic, (laughs) which was crazy. We're a hands-on school and we opened in the pandemic and we have about a hundred students and we have this whole different sort of take on, well, we're trying on education. And one of the things that we do is on Wednesdays, every Wednesday, we have special sessions that each teacher leads or we get kids off campus to do community service outreach or we're headed towards getting them into internships. But one thing that I've been doing in the last month is I have been, I'm not a yoga teacher, but (laughs) 
I've been playing yoga videos in my room and kids sign up and they come and do yoga with me. That's awesome. Yeah. And I just think more things like that, exposure, education for them is is huge. Modeling for them, I think is huge. I know that, you know, when I've talked to my students before, like, oh, I'm training for this. And they're like, what? And I think even that is is good. But on a larger scale, I don't know. You know, I originally when I was asked to come on here onto your podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I have these questions, you know, for Dr. A about like, should we like what what about fit teen project? You know, something, you know, because that's the world I, I live in. Like you're saying, yeah. these kids, if they can learn all of this sooner, then perhaps their lifespan will be healthier as they kind of figure out what they want to do. I totally agree. And I mean, it's it's a difference between like fit father and fit mother in some sense for many people is like a little bit of like reactive medicine. It's peeling back years of bad habits and it's an undoing effect. And I do totally see the vision for a world where we have better education that can like head off some of these issues early on. And it could be a lot more proactive. So that comes down to like really fundamentally changing curriculum to include stuff like nutrition, to make movement less threatening and not as fully centered around sports per se for kids who don't play. Because I imagine in high school, it's like if you play sports, you're fairly active. If you don't, you may not be doing nearly as much. And then there's the idea of phones and how those interface with people's circadian rhythms and the cascade of like the effects of like late night phone exposure and even the effects of dopamine. Like we live in a very complicated world that makes it challenging for young people to have mental and physical health. And man, I think if like someone knew the answer, hopefully we'd be doing more of it. But I I do think it's amazing now that you are not just being a model for your kids, but now with your sphere of influence are extending that out. And I'm sure there's other teachers that are taking notice of seeing like your well-being and it rubs off in some effect. I think what I can say is in my own personal opinion is that goodness is contagious. Like the good feeling of well-being in ourselves is contagious. So if there, if that is the healthy virus, that is the good thing that like we continue to show up in this way and it has some kind of effect and we can't always understand the full ripple effects of what's possible from our own daily choices. And maybe also the bit is like, we want to change the world, but also it's the humility of also understanding that we are here to like live our lives to the best of our ability and make the impact that we can and not carry the whole weight of the world on our shoulders because it's a lot going on. I don't know. I'm just, this is your podcast, not mine. I'm just kind of like rambling at this point, but I'm sure you've had very similar thoughts and it's an important topic. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. Uh, one of the things that I'm working on with my freshmen right now is we're, is around like, Okay, the unit's called World's End, so it's very post-apocalyptic. But so then a lot of the story, <laughs> a lot of the stories like discuss like, you know, basically technology and how it, you know, brings us kind of to this head and and things. And and so yeah, I mean, I get students who come into first period and they're, you know, I'm so tired. I was up till three, you know, and things like that. And you know, and that's, that is actually, you know, when I mentioned before, like one of my intros being like, how's your hydration? One of my intros that I did really recently was how's your sleep, especially since winter break, you know, it's like, 
did is your sleep schedule completely screwed up because they stay up too late? And that's kind of like a, I think it's worse. It is worse with the advent of cell phones. In fact, like being a teacher for 18 years, I was there at the beginning of the smartphone, you know, right. You know, that was my first five years of teaching was smartphones came in and it was like, oh my gosh. And the, the constant battle between should we take their phones or, you know, what do we do with that whole sort of like struggle, power struggle that, you know, that all teachers have with students who are probably high school, you know, age. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, a lot of that unfortunately has to do with upbringing and the values going on at home, but it also is beyond parents in a lot of ways because the internet is so pervasive and I think we just have to figure out how to harness that that power that in a way that we're working with it instead of against it, I guess. I don't if that makes sense. It's kind of a vague it does thought, but no, it do, it does make sense to me for sure. And I also think there's this idea of again, I, I came back and I mentioned this earlier, but how do we connect to kids' core values, what they care about? today now and and show them how their behaviors are either adding or kind of subtracting from that. So if I can think back to my mentality in high school, like I wanted to be perceived as attractive by the opposite sex. I wanted to <laughs> just excel well in school. I wanted to like, yeah, you be look cool, feel cool, like look good, you know, do well at the things I cared about. And so if that is the mentality that many of us, you know, share and have, how do we start to tie the habits around sleep and phones and like what kind of foods are supportive to that. I think there's a massive education component because if you can get someone to have emotional buy-in earlier, then it's not just like prescriptive didactic kind of stuff. Like eat the apple, it's got vitamins. Like who knows what a vitamin is when they're in high school? Like it doesn't even matter. But you eat a certain way, you have less acne and maybe you have a little more energy and like that could be move the needle for some people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think kind of the combo between sort of your your typical health and fitness classes with bringing in the science teachers is really probably a lot of where that could happen. But then there's the social emotional component that has been really important coming out of the pandemic in particular. But also just with all of the phones, you know, there's so much emotional sort of trauma, you know, like with bullying or or just misunderstood, you know conversations and it's just distracting to to them and and their frontal lobes are not fully developed so they don't necessarily always sure. like yeah they they don't know what's best for them or they think ah oh, whatever you know <laughs> well it's complex for sure it is. now i like my mind is kind of spinning and i think we could go down the rabbit hole over this for a long time so i kind of want to loop it back a little bit to you know in conclusion towards your personal story and journey. And I want to ask you, now that you've kind of gone through this, I know in relation to the many intense things you've done in fitness in the past, it hasn't been called Fit Mother. It's been run a 50K, do a weight loss plan with Noom. Like this is a little by its very packaging, like holistic. So I want to ask you, like, what does it mean to you to be a fit mother? What's the significance of that idea to you? Well... I think it, for me, it ties it back to sort of my phase in life. I can get really real right here. And I am 
full-on premenopausal. Like in the last few months, I'm just like, cycles are nuts. And for me, I'm really sort of at this, I feel like I'm on this sort of precipice of here's the first half of my life. How do I want to interact or engage or embrace the second half of my life? I've already had cancer, so we're just going to assume I've checked that box and I don't ever have to deal with it again. <laughs> but it's it's really for me, um, it just means like coming into sort of a communion with this phase of myself as a woman. It's just kind of crazy. My daughter's at one end of this spectrum of being a woman and I'm at the other. And it's just like, oh my God, it's really awe-inspiring. It's kind of um, enraging. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I started, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I started, I actually ordered the balanced supplement and I've been taking that for like, I, I, I think I've got almost a week under my belt of the balance supplement because I I was doing maca powder before and I'm like, "Mm, I need a little more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think it's also, it's just about being really upfront and transparent with people about the journey that I'm going through. And if I'm telling them, yeah, I'm doing this thing, I'm like, you know, fit mother, if you want to hear about it. Uh, (laughs) But also I think being transparent with you know, the phase that I'm in, I was standing at the end of the hall with two of my coworkers yesterday, male coworkers, and they were like, how are you doing? And I was like, well, you really want to know? <laughs> I'm like, I am premenopausal. And I just said it because I think our society is so, or maybe it's not just our society, but I think a lot of societies are very like, don't talk about that. That's, we talk about menopause even less than we talk about, you know, puberty and all of those changes. So for me, being a fit mom is really, it's really just about embracing and loving myself in this new phase of my life. And I want, I would love the goal of of being stronger in the second half of my life than I was in the first half. I think that's pretty amazing. Badass. <laughs> Honestly, Sarah, that was like, and this is my opinion, one of the most beautiful answers I've heard. Because I think it is, this dance of like authenticity and some surrender to the natural trajectory of our bodies, especially with a woman's body at that time and phase. It's ownership. It's holding this idea of a stronger future, like improvements can still be made in spite of this. And this is what's happening. There's power in speaking into it publicly, like you said, and just like saying it out loud. This is what happens. It's like in that very speaking of that truth, there's so much there. I'm just kind of like really inspired by that answer. I'm so glad that you got vulnerable and you said that. I think it's one of the best things you said on this podcast and you've said a lot of best things. <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, thanks. Well, I mean, this is all I have here. I'll, I'll say like one final question would be, do you have any words of advice or wisdom for women who are starting out and following this program, maybe in the early stages, you know, kind of like you are or just starting out? Yeah. Um, I think it kind of circles back to what I talked about before. Um, just that life is messy and we're gonna we're all gonna go off our our railroad track. You know, things happen, deaths in the family. Um, I know, you know, talking about like the next phase of my life, you know, my father 
is um, stage four cancer, but he's been that he's been there for like two years, and with the you know the the medications out there now, he's just sort of holding pattern, um, but it's coming right and we're in this almost caretaking uh, phase of our lives, my husband and I, um, where we watch, we're watching the generation above us become weaker. And I just, um, you know, you got to work with it. You, you have to embrace the mess and embrace the chaos and ask for help when you need it and be gentle with yourself. (laughs) You know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't help if, you know, you come at, a day and you're like, oh my God, you're at the end of the day and you're like, I did this and this wrong, or I didn't drink all my water. I didn't, you know, I forgot to drink my shake. And so I ate this for lunch and all of this, uh, these sort of, I think that's where the training plans are really tricky. You can write the best training plan for nutrition or a race or for fit mother or whatever, but you have to look at it with grace and, I did it two days ago. Uh, you know, I was mentioning like, just like my my cycles are insane. And I was supposed to do my total body burn workout on Wednesday. And I came home and I was like, okay, I'm going to do my yoga and see how that feels. I did my yoga and I was like, yeah, I know. I need to listen to my body and I need to pull back and that's okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. And sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes you fall off for longer, but you can still restart. You can always press the restart button. Yeah, I think forgiveness is the key. Showing yourself as much grace and forgiveness that you would show someone else. Dang. We'll do like the metaphoric literal mic drop after that. That was (laughs) such a beautiful way to end this. Thank you. And I think it's funny too. Like I got to say, just to think back to the beginning of this conversation that you were a little nervous to come on here and share and be so authentic. And I couldn't imagine this having gone any better, truly. Like with what you were able to share, the range of stuff that we could have covered in this amount of time. I, my heart feels very touched by many of the things you said that I'll reflect on for the coming days. And I just want to appreciate you again for being a part of this community, for the beautiful year you have ahead, for the grace and the wisdom that you have with yourself and that you're reminding all of us to have with ourselves. It's really inspiring. Thank you, Sarah Rose. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our Complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our Complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. 
I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast. 